Hello, sweet summer children. You've reached another wonderful episode of the hit podcast, Peep This Noise. I'm Logan Johnson, and coming in through the airwaves once again, we have my co-hosts. Want to guys? Oh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Greg Marchant, and I'm Nathaniel Johnson. I didn't really want to introduce myself this time, but you know. It's a thing. I didn't re- we do I it. didn't really want you guys to do it either because I almost said want to guys introduce yourselves, which is like Ooh. a real stumble. Um, because I didn't really, you know, I just was thinking maybe this time we would do it without introductions, but that's okay. Um, maybe we can skip the introduction for the media for this one. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it in post and we'll play with the editing maybe. Um, just in <laughs> case I'm going to put it in here, um, if that's good with you guys, and then we can debate whether to take it out later. Uh, okay, so here's the introduction for the media. We're going to be talking about the video game Gone Home by the Fulbright Company. Uh, so this is a game that I picked out. Um, a little less accessible than Florence was, but um, <laughs> similar in style in the sense that this is a game that does not require very many technical gameplay skills to make it all the way through, <laughs> right? Well, and is... I think it's also worth mentioning that it was published by the same company that published Florence. Yeah, yeah, Annapurna Interactive published both of these games. Um, different developers, same publishers. Um, Gone Home is essentially, uh, again, Blasting spoilers wide open, so brace yourselves for that, I guess. Florence, or, well, Gone Home is a game about a girl who comes to her family home after being away for some time and realizes that everybody's gone. And the game is trying to figure out, the whole premise of the game is trying to figure out why everybody's gone and where they all went. Um, and it goes some places to explain why nobody's at your house in the middle of the night. And um, if you were like me and you played this game and you thought, man, this is going to be like a gruesome murder mystery, well, I sympathize with you. Wait, you me... thought it was going to be a gruesome murder mystery? Yeah, I mean, nobody's home. It's locked up in a spooky house that you've never been to before. It's raining. The game is rated mature. I just, I thought, like, we were in for a murder mystery, like where your family has been brutally murdered. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that, I guess, makes sense. No, it is not that. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll spoil the main pitch of this um, of this game and, and kind of its main theme. is You find out that your the main character's sister has, has recently fallen in love with a girl, and her parents do not approve of her sexuality. And that, uh, plus a marriage... Of the parents on the brink of divorce has created some serious tension in the family uh, and then the main character's sister runs away with her significant other uh, which kind of is the impetus for everybody being gone <laughs> the entire family kind of implodes and i want to start by talking a little bit about this um this wait. is largely a game about a family in crisis wait you said wait yeah did you say that they were gone because the sister ran away from home yeah, did I miss a part of this game? You did miss a part of this game. You can find a calendar in this game that uh, refers to the oh. fact that the parents will be gone on a couple's healing retreat. That's right. With that's a spiritualist right. pastor. Um, right. to, to, is it with the same pastor? I think it is. Okay. Um, I, I just knew it was like a couple's counseling. It was. It's definitely a couple's counseling thing. Like they're trying to put their marriage back together. And, like, they have it marked on the calendar that they're going to be gone, and then, like, midway through that, you're supposed to come home. So, I still don't, I still don't necessarily think that's where they went, though. 
Because there are other notes in this game that imply that they, that things were still messy. Like that the sister had just left with Lonnie recently. Right, but she leaves that same day. She leaves right before you get home. I see, I see. So she leaves and the parents are gone. That makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. This will make my whole take that I gave you earlier that you disagreed with make a little more sense. Yeah, I still disagree with your take. But I'm going to reward it, don't you worry. I'm not going to say um, this game's a horror game. But setting aside, good, because it's not, pointedly not. Setting aside uh, your, kind of the, the diversion we took because of that interruption, I was going to say that this is a game about a family in crisis. Yes. Um, the e- Their family's ecosystem is shattered, partly because of the choices of the main character's sister, who is named Sarah, or is that the main character? Sam. Sam. Sam, Sam that's right. Uh because of Sam's choices and in part because of their parents' incredibly toxic attitudes. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about this crisis and a little bit about the game's main themes in general. Um, Does this kind of, like, pitch, do these ideas, does the game in general work for you? And then how well do you think the game executed on on this ideological setting? Um, Just kind of open question, just kind of get us started. Um, well, for me at least, I, hmm, well, like I pitched earlier, like, I felt like this game was a horror game the whole way going through it, and I do think that it relies on the aesthetic of a horror game in order to make it work, um, where they kind of make it a spooky feeling the whole time, where you don't actually know what's going on until you unravel the mystery. I mean... By the time I found, like, the first, like, two or three journals by Sam, I was like, okay, I see what's going on here, at least in this aspect of it. But I didn't expect that to be the reason that Sam was gone. Like, something about that just didn't click in my brain. Um, And maybe it's because I didn't really connect with the fact that this was the 90s and not the 2020s. But for some reason, I thought that Sam was just gonna have gone for some other reason or just temporarily not be home. Um... But, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what I thought. Greg, what did you think about the uh, the theming and ideology? Um, it kind of worked for me. Um, as, far as, as far as the setup, I'm really a sucker for, like, sappy stories in the spirit of, like, the song Check Yes, Juliet by We the Kings. Great song. Okay. And this, uh, and Sam's whole story that you unravel here while you're, uh, search while you are searching through this house just really sparked that same kind of energy I felt like um, yeah Sam's story is really a touching one um, yeah she goes from kind of feeling like totally distant and alone in this creepy inherited house to really having somebody that she can rely on and trust which is really really cool and I I think that it's that emotional core rather than kind of what you said, Nathaniel, about kind of like the spookier side and like the creepier side of the house that really made this game work for me. Sorry, Greg, I, I interrupted, but, but keep No, going. that's fine. I I did also get the spooky vibes from the from the house even Oh, it is incredibly spooky. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was even even though I knew better, I was waiting for a jump scare like the, the whole way through. Um but also something about it being set in the 90s, because it's 1995 at the time the game takes place, 
really really worked for me like the the um the way that the game uh the way that the game really made it clear like with a with the visuals and uh with the visuals and wish and with the um oh just with a lot of different things but especially the visuals um really uh really accurately kind of set me in the 90s again yeah i would agree with that wholeheartedly um, but the one of the things that jumps out to me is the uh the little like wireless telephones around the house that as far as i know don't do anything you the only time you ever use one is to listen to the listen to the messages yeah um, yeah like the answering machine things yeah i didn't find an answering machine i don't think oh it's in the first room huh yeah must have missed it um, anyway, so, uh, I had something about it being set in the nineties really worked for me for a, for a scene, uh, for setting the scene in which to tell a story with these particular characters. Um, and then the, I also really liked how the, uh, I really liked how the, um, the game showed me things about the about the parents' lives that made them more three dimensional than the average parents in this kind of plot. Because the uh, this my parents will never understand that this is who I am. Teenage ang- teenage angst kind of narrative. Usually the parents are very uh, are very thin characters, and in this narrative they they chose to provide a lot of information about the parents and their personal lives and what's going on for them. Well, for instance, I was actually more interested in the dad's story than uh, in Sam's story. I, yeah, I wasn't, but um, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just the me. dad's story is nothing compared to what I think is an incredible narrative, but we but clearly I, disagree on that. <laughs> no, I think it's an incredible narrative too, but we can cover that later. I, I did feel, um, I the game did kind of make me think that I was going to get like a separate ending screen for when mm. I had unraveled everything about what was going on with the parents. I was really sure about that, so after I got after I got to the end of the game, I jumped back in and went looking for more clues thinking I would find some kind of ending screen. Oh, I'm sorry. And I didn't, and that was a little bit disappointing, but um also one one thing that I noticed that this story didn't do that I really appreciated was it didn't it, the story cuts off without resolving the relationship between Sam and her parents. Like there's a resolution to what's going on plot wise in the narrative, but there's not a resolution to the, to like the uh, strain and uh, damage that's uh, happened to their relationship. And usually I usually a good, uh, usually shows and stories feel the need to fix things like that um in a way that doesn't really create any real impact or support or support the point of the narrative um a good example is uh if i don't know if either of you have seen brooklyn 99 i have not um, i need to watch it though it's one of it, those shows that i feel like i'd enjoy because i've seen so many clips of it that i've enjoyed it it's a really fun show um, Detective Santiago in there is, uh, she, she comes out to her squad mates as bi, and they're very supportive of her. Um, 
and meanwhile her parents uh they go through this her this whole arc where she's trying to like uh come out to her parents and they they play it for comedy and then at the very end they try to have this really sincere moment after her parents have basically told her uh basically disowned her at, at one point they try to have this really sincere tender moment where her father comes to sort of kind of make up with her and it doesn't really land mm-hmm. as well as as well as the earlier point in the episode where she had kind of like she had kind of like a just decided to to move on with things and say that that was their problem if they didn't want to if they didn't want to accept her for who she was um and this story didn't do that uh they didn't add they didn't shoehorn in any kind of resolution to the relationship damage which made it seem a little bit more convincing and impactful the way that the story ended yeah, no, yeah. I definitely felt that too. Um gosh, one of the things that I thought about this though, um I I I feel like the game doesn't end on a great note in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously Sam has gone and run off with her girlfriend and has escaped the toxicity of her parents at least for the time being. Um presumably forever. Uh but the main character Yeah, this is in the 90s. They can't or this is the 90s. They can't send her a Facebook message, dude. She's gone. Yeah, this is <laughs> what I mean, right? Like presumably forever, like unless she chooses to change something, like they're not finding her. Yeah, MySpace isn't coming for like another 8 years or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's not um, happening. <laughs> but here's the thing. Now is the main like now is the character who is having all of this relayed to her as she explores this completely brand new environment to her she hasn't been to this house before because she left on her trip for europe before her family moved there and then she comes home and nobody's there she came home from like the best time of her life to like celebrate with her family no one's there she finds out oh mom and dad might be getting a divorce oh my sister's a lesbian something that's not like generally accepted in the 90s in the u.s oh and she's run away from home while mom and dad are at a couple's retreat and she hasn't told them cool 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 now i the person who just came home from europe am the one who has to tell my parents yeah your little girl who you guys sucked in your relationship with and you did screw it up uh she ran away because she's a lesbian so now she this didn't is run my because she was a lesbian. No, let's no, be abundantly but... clear. Sure, she sure, ran sure. away because her parents were terrible to her. Yes, like she she ran away because she needed to have her own life. Like, right? Like, <laughs> homosexuality what trying... is not a thing that causes people to run away. Right, but what I'm trying to convey here is, you as the main character at the end of this story are in pretty much the worst position that a family member can be in in this circumstance. Like. Mm. I don't know about that. Like, yeah, it's not comfortable and it's very difficult to be the one who has to resolve things and and try and come to some kind of attention. But also, like, it would not be easy to be any of those family members. Sure. I think it's very hard to, like, grade and and, and maybe not entirely accurate to say, like, well, you're the one who's going to have the worst of it because you're not the one who had your parents totally reject you. Sure. You're not the one who had your daughter totally have like reject you after repeated rejection on your part toward her, right? Sure. You're no, actually you the one that everybody point. likes. 
Yeah. And, but I guess the point is, like, you, your whole world has gone from, like, showing up, like, and being excited to be home to within two hours being like, oh, great, my family is falling apart and I have to be the bearer of bad news and make it worse. Potentially. Like, sure. there's at least, like, nobody knows if it's going to actually make it worse to say that, but, like... That's the position you're in, is being the bearer of the bad news. So totally. If... I, I just think oh, it's a ahead. little messed up to to characterize that as the worst position to be in. That would be like if, if a family member, like, you know, were to pass away from some kind of serious disease, and you would think to yourself, like, man, I have it so rough. <laughs> you know? Like... Like, you got to understand there are people around this main character that are going through things that are much worse than having to tell somebody something sad, right? Sure. Like, and I, I'm not saying that's nothing, but what I am saying is that, like, you got to realize, like, this was, from the journals, it's, it's incredibly clear that this was not an easy decision for Sam to make, right? Um, the, that last journal that you find in the attic upstairs um, that finally gives you, like, the, the coup de grace of it all mm-hmm. is, like, one of, like, I think think i'm gonna go <laughs> not one of like finally a way out right yeah so i don't know i just think it's a little maybe a little mischaracterized to to place the main character's play as the the central one here i if i can jump in i i think maybe what's going on as far as uh as far as the different interpretations we seem to be we all seem to be getting on on uh on the ending of this game I think it probably has something to do with the way that we uh, we kind of inadvertently were put in a role play situation by the by the mechanics of this game. Um, this this was one of the most immersive games that I've ever played. Agreed. Um, and there there were thing there were a couple of things that went into that. I mean, there was a silent protagonist, but that made sense because there was nobody in the house to talk to, mm-hmm. and. Not everybody goes around. I won't say nobody, but not everybody goes around when they're alone in a house talking to themselves. Um, so, like, uh, some sometimes video games will do that, where the protagonist uh, will will speak to themselves as they wander around, and nobody else is there to hear for the benefit of the audience. And this game didn't do that. Um, at most, it only gave us, like, two or three words at a time, like, when they picked up an object, like... Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so it felt really reasonable that this was basically a silent protagonist, and, uh, she... I honestly forget the player character's name, because it was all about... Katie, I think. It was all about Katie. Sam. Yeah, Katie, okay. So Katie, um, Katie is going around, um... And discovering these things, and we as the players are discovering the same things that she's discovering in the same way that she's discovering them. There, there's no, there's no difference in the way that we're experiencing them than she as a character is experiencing them. Mm, sure. Um, which really, uh, for me, drew me in. And the uh, the thing that I noticed about that. The thing that I'm noticing now is you guys are talking about your different experiences with the ending of this game is that um, they they don't seem like anything that's actually baked into the plot it probably comes at it probably comes at it probably comes out of how you were looking at the situation as an individual 
not that there's actually anything there in the plot. Yeah, I would agree with that read, Greg. I Let's talk a little bit about that because I'm curious how you all played this game. Um, <laughs> what was your experience like moving through the space? How did you interact with things in the space? Um, what objects in the house maybe gave you a little bit more pause than others? What did you spend the most time around how did you move through this space so the first thing i don't know if it's because i was playing out on a switch or if or what but i kept seeing my reflection more clearly than i was seeing the rooms most of the time so i spent a significant amount of time trying to fiddle with my switch's settings to you know change brightness and things like that to see if i could make it go away and i was really mm-hmm. frustrated for i don't know 20 minutes or so playing the game just trying to be able to see the game and not me and then, it's because you were playing in a room with brighter light than the Switch. And that's what I was afraid of, yeah. Um, but then what I realized is, oh, every room in this house has a light switch. And as soon as I started turning those <laughs> oh, on... no, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one talking about the creepy house vibes. Like, I, that when I, walked, when I, as the player walked into a creepy house the first thing i did was look for a light switch well something in my something in in my brain went this is a creepy house light switches aren't gonna work may as well get used to the darkness (laughs) well yeah and then i I thought this was a murder game which is very funny to me (laughs) well nobody was home and like you had to like find the key under the duck yeah okay can can we just brief aside for our unsung hero the christmas duck um <laughs> cultural icon the christmas duck i actually I do want to highlight that duck though because that duck is what taught me how to play the game yeah that's a super important part of the tutorialization not to mention it is like so 90s in a way <laughs> that you wouldn't have thought like like if you were to say it, okay. it's almost as oppressively 90s as the uh as the windows 95 tutorial starring luke perry <laughs> and jennifer aniston Thank you. I couldn't remember. It's the other Matthew fact. Perry, by the way. Is it Matthew Perry? Ah, well. Yeah, Luke Perry was, I think, somebody you knew in high school. Well, you know. Here we uh, are. <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, that would be crazy if it was your high school buddy. <laughs> that would be nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, I think you're you're kind of right about that in the sense that like, it is almost as oppressively '90s as that. But it's not something that you would think '90s, right? Like. If you were to sit me down and say, hey, you need to write something set in the 90s, something that I've done before, my first Mm -hmm. thought wouldn't be like, make sure you put the house key in a tchotchke, even though that's like (laughs) incredibly 90s, right? (laughs) I just wouldn't have thought to do it. And it really shows, I think, some of the care that got put into this game. I want to talk a little bit about... Sorry, can I add something to that? Yeah, go ahead. So with the the Christmas duck putting putting the key in the tchotchke, because this game came across as so incredibly 90s like it it tells you what the year is when you're going into it Mm -hmm. that when i when i walked up to the door and it was locked that was my first thought was oh the key's either under the mat or in that or or in that cupboard over there (laughs) i did start looking for the key immediately once it was locked well it wasn't even like i was looking for it i was like it's one of two places (laughs) right well i thought it might be like under a potted plant or something stuck right yeah, so good. Um, no, there's a couple of other objects I want to talk about at least, though, because I had a lot of fun with the various objects you can pick up in this game. 
like a lot of fun before we move into that i do want to have a few more questions about how you moved through the space oh sure we talked about turning on lights did anybody turn lights off uh no i absolutely didn't because i was terrified that there was going to be a jump scare at any moment i actually (laughs) thought that i had done something at one point to turn on the red lights in the attic and it freaked me out (laughs) like the christmas lights that like let you know that she's supposed to be using it as a dark room yeah 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 Yeah. i i uh... I left i i got a kick out of the note that you can find that says stop leaving all the all the lights on everywhere in the house sam oh i didn't see that note the second i found that note i started turning them off that's why i asked (laughs) yeah i didn't ever find that note that's very good because in my head like you said greg there is a little bit of an rp element to this right in my head the second i found that note i was like you know what my family does not need this stress (laughs) like like there is so much going on they do not need the stress of there being lights left on in this house well that's the thing right the house is so big like i don't know like if i leave my apartment my lights on all day in my apartment no big deal there's like three or four rooms of this place like i could leave all of them on and it's fine that house has like 50 rooms. Well, like, you can you can also specifically find uh specifically find an a safety inspector's report that says the the wiring in the house is super messed up. I did see that. And it's rural too, right? The house is in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. So, so it's also like don't like it getting energy here is also more expensive so please stop <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like this isn't just like i don't know this isn't nothing when they're saying that yeah yeah anyway i was and, just curious if either of you had flipped lights off because of that now uh, as for me no i i also i mentioned this before we recorded but because i because i kind of like figured out early on early on what type of what the what the mechanic of figuring out this game was going to be i purposefully like opened every drawer to look inside it Mm -hmm. and i left almost every single one every single door drawer everything open yeah so that i could see where i had been so by the end like as as you go through and you open like uh, open up panels on the walls and stuff like that i just threw those like across the hall and that kind of thing um, part of yep. my roleplay experience was very much, like, uh, frantically trying to figure out what was, like, slow at first, and then frantically as I started figuring out that something was off, like, digging into it more and more and more quickly. So and with quicker. the wall panels, that was the one thing I didn't leave open. That was the only thing that I would always put exactly back where I found it. <laughs> well, you don't need your parents to know about the freaking wall panels. <laughs> That's how I felt, like... right? <laughs> the other thing, too, I think is very funny is that for me, like I said, I end up in this RP situation of like, you know what? My family does not need this stress. I'm going to turn the lights off. I'm going to close the drawers. I'm going to make sure everything. But Greg is like, hey, you know what? They're going to come back. They're going to find out their daughter's gone and that they've been robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, yeah, no, I, I definitely left the house with a robber with a having been tossed sort of feel. I love this idea, too, that like... <laughs> you come your the parents of the protagonist come back and it's like 
hey, what happened to this house? And it's like, dude, you are not going to believe this. Sam left a treasure hunt? (laughs) (laughs) I had to search every inch of this house to figure out what happened, and you're not going to like it. (laughs) And that treasure hunt has led me to believe, A, my sister has a girlfriend, B, that you don't approve of her girlfriend, C, that y'all are a bunch of skanky hoes who are cheating on each other, D. Oh, that that's a for to, sure thing, yeah. That D, y'all went to couples camp, and E, during that time, she ran away with her girlfriend. I think I'm going to go back to Europe now. Thank you very and, much. And F, nobody wrote me a postcard, question mark, about any of this, exclamation point. <laughs> like, it's a very, very, framed that way, it's a very funny setup, right? Yep. Um, let's talk for a second about some of the objects that we thought were particularly effective or interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Did you guys find the like journal page that Sam wrote that your character refuses to keep reading after a few seconds? Yes. Okay. No. I don't think so. It's a dirty dream she has about Lonnie, her girlfriend. Yes, 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 yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> and after that. a few <laughs> seconds, your character just says, "Nope, not reading any more of that." <laughs> was was that in her locker? Where was that? Ah, no, that wasn't in her locker. It was like in a box somewhere. Mm, that's it was in a box in the basement, I think. Um, oh man, so good, um, so good. Uh, but that was one of my favorite objects, just because it's like the one object you can't interact with again. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. I, Greg, what what object stuck out to you? <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I did not find that, and I searched the basement pretty thoroughly. Um, yeah, in the basement, in the basement, there were two related things that I thought were that were pretty impactful to me. Because they revealed something about uh, something about what was going on with the with the dad in mm. the family. Um, there was a there was a letter from his dad, so uh, so Sam and Katie's uh, uh, grandfather um, about his about the dad's first book that he got published, and the grandfather basically says, "Congratulations on making it through the hurdles of getting to publication. I'm really proud of you for that, but your book sucks." And I know you. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Um, and then along with uh, nearby is the grandfather's uh, book, like a, a psychology text. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Oh yeah, there's a. Or at least if I did see, it, I didn't connect. It was the grandfather's. Yeah, it, uh, there's a book by uh, by the grandfather who um, apparently was a, was an academic. Or something like that. He was. It was either a psychology text or like a or like a work of serious, uh, a work of like serious fiction, mm. like more more uh, serious, not adventure style writing type of stuff. Well, did you then find Sam's manuscript that her dad had written on? Uh, I found a lot of manuscripts. I don't know if I found that. This one, one was like one with like a cover page, and on it in big red letters. It says, like, hey, don't give up on this. This is really good. Oh, yeah, I yeah. found that one. That was cool. Um, well, it's interesting because we've talked about how the relationship of this family is so toxic. And that's, like, explicitly not toxic, I feel like. Yeah. Um, particularly given, like, how many different pieces of writing of that story we find all over the house. Um, like, the dad encouraging his daughter to do something um, 
is really cool, I think. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the thing that I thought was cool about those particular ones was because it gave me some insight into the pressures that the, uh, the pressures that the dad worked under in, uh, in pursuing being a writer. Yeah. And it gave me some, it gave me kind of a window into why he, uh, into how he interacted with, uh, his children somewhat, which was, which was interesting. It was part of what made the, made the parents more three-dimensional than they usually are in this kind of narrative for me. Yeah, that's the real complaint of teens in 2020. They just wish their parents were more three-dimensional. <laughs> like, parents, they could be so t- 2D, you know? Yeah, that's what my daughter complains but about no. all the time. She's like, if I turn one way, I can't even see you anymore. <laughs> it's like you exist on a single plane. <laughs> um, There's parents then... on a plane. Sorry. That one is... <laughs> I took it too far. And I'm that was bad. That. <laughs> you going to cut that out in post? No, <laughs> everybody deserves to suffer as we've suffered. <laughs> the uh, the other thing that I thought was cool was the the green uh, skull that uh, that Lonnie got in Mexico because it was mm-hmm. one of the things when I was discovering that like pretty much any knickknack in the house you could pick up and move and throw and set back down and stuff like that. It was something that I saw and I specifically didn't touch it because I was like, nope. I'm going to leave that there, or I'm going to accidentally throw it because I don't know what I'm doing yet. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it, and then I came across the, then I came across, like, the notes uh, between the two of them in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in the basement where uh, Lonnie mentions uh, finding and giving, finding that skull in Mexico and bringing it back as a, as a gift because she thought it was cool. Um, and I, I just thought it was, I just thought it was neat because it was kind of like a little microcosm for me of the whole gameplay of this game, where you'll see something, and then later on you'll find something written that references it, and you yeah. you remembered it clearly enough visually that when they talk about it later, you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly where that is in the house. Right. Well, one of my favorite objects uh, has is something similar to that, where uh, I don't know if it's referential in and of itself, but uh, the the game makers i think intended it to be referential um and what it is is i think it's in the dad's study or some other room you can find this box with like a bunch of like his first or second book on it and if <laughs> you pull exactly those you... books off there's like a porn magazine underneath yeah that the did dad you find is this, Greg? no i didn't find that but did you find the porn magazine in Sam's locker? Then is the question. Well, yeah, that one wasn't that one wasn't hidden at all. It was just down right. in the bottom of the locker. Well, so now here's what happens: if you when you look at either of these porn magazines, your character says, "Gosh, name of the person who the magazine belongs to." So like, "Gosh, Dad," or "Gosh, Sam," um, which I think was a really interesting choice because like it's the same. It, it's not the same magazine issue, but it's the same publication and just different issues of it um that they have and so like it's like this weird thing like where father and daughter like have the exact same like object that is super taboo to have um and plays into the themes of the story really well well it's just it's interesting that they have more in common than they think and and it, it it kind of adds a note of sadness to 
the division that inevitably happens in this story, yeah. right? Yeah, cause, because like they're like, both writers and right. they both like women and yeah, and it's... they both had a connection to their uncle Edgar. Oh man, I forgot about Uncle Edgar. Everything just came back in a. Wait, was that Uncle Oscar? Oscar, it is Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was my bad. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, basically anything that we could be like, this is what makes this character unique. Like they have in common. Not Elmo, not everything. Not everything, a but a things. lot of things, right? For example, one of my favorite things that does not apply to the dad is the super cool like. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it other than lesbian thrash metal CDs that are tapes, everywhere tapes. in this house. Mixtape. Well, not even mixtapes, just tapes, yeah. Yeah. They're are they not CDs? I must no, be No, they're, they're tapes. They're they're, they're tapes. original their original recording is mostly of of like local local um, uh, artists that uh, that Lonnie was in bands with and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. They're um and a couple of mixtapes. It's CDs and Life is Strange, and that's why I got confused. The, these two games are not the same, and yet there are a lot of similarities with the way you Well, they're both walking sims like that. that tell a story, right? Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. So I, I got those flipped. But yes, the for example, the dad does not have any such tapes, right? Sure. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if he did. But... No, but he's got he's got all the electronics he's supposed to try out for his uh, newspaper camp or magazine he works for. His, yeah, his magazine gig. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some really cool objects, and I think all of those go a long way in selling the ambiance of this um, of this house. This shouldn't surprise any of you, but I did listen to all of those songs. <laughs> Every one that I found, I put in the tape player and listened to in its entirety. Um, because that's just the kind of person that I am. And I'm like, all right, this is some heat. Or, oof, these are <laughs> rough. Because well, some I, of those songs, they, they're they on a scale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I discovered like halfway or three quarters of the way through my playthrough that that's, uh, that's how you get at least one of, the, of Sam's journal entries. Mm -hmm. Is by listening to one of those all the way through. Oh, or at least to a certain point where it kicks off. It's the it's the one in the basement area labeled the servants' quarters. I think yes, yes, the, yes, yes, the yes, area yes. it's in. And I yeah, I remember after, getting that discussion that ta that journal. I mean, yeah. And so I I kind of wonder. I I guess I'll ask you: Were there any other situations like that where after you had listened to enough of the song, you got the journal entry? No, it's just that one. I think. Although, well, I'm glad I, I can't be a. To that. Hundred percent sure, because it's it's possible, but I don't think so. Yeah, you guys that was uh, the, found the only the journal I remember tape, in connection right? with the tape. What you guys you guys found that there was a missing tape, right? Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that Sam took that with her? <laughs> I hope so. That's my head. That's the mixtape from Lonnie, right? Yes. Yeah. So like the, mix, the mixtape's the missing one. Naturally, she took it, right? Probably. Yeah. Hopefully. Right? Like, the fact that it's missing, right? I don't know. You get a really good sequel to this game by uh, by having uh, Caitlin... Caitlin, right? Yeah. Katie. 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 Uh, by having Katie come back home to find the house actually trashed when it wasn't before, and like, going through things to find out that Sam had been there to, like, grab a whole bunch of things that she had left behind. 
That would be very funny. I like this idea of like gone home again, which is like <laughs> you you go to the grocery store, and so like the first half of the game is just you like picking stuff up in a grocery store, and like examining nutrition labels, and then you going home to find that your sister actually came back and like took a bunch of crap. <laughs> That's very good. She she um, keeps she keeps leaving. She left at least two notes. Uh, Sam did saying like, uh, tell. Tell mom and dad not to be mad about the stuff that I took. <laughs> well, she's like, what, 16, right? Like, no, she, she's like turning 18 that she? year. Uh, she's, she's 17 while the game is going on. She's mm-hmm. going to turn 18 sometime that year. Well, La- uh, Lonnie already turned 18, and that's why she was, uh, yeah. was going to join the military. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So let me ask this. We, we alluded to this earlier. Um, one more thing about objects, I guess. You alluded to the fact that you can accidentally like throw objects like really <laughs> easily in this game. Yeah. What was something you accidentally yeeted that you should not have? <laughs> I did not have that experience, so I'll refrain. I I can't remember I can't remember what it was, but it was in the it was in the parents' bedroom, and I accidentally yeeted something really hard onto their desk. Um, and then later in the kitchen, I accidentally yeeted the, like, a three-ring binder back onto the shelf and knocked down another three-ring binder, and it scared me, because I was still unconsciously waiting for a jump scare. (laughs) Yes, so I was gonna say, I think in the kitchen for me it was a mug. I, like, absolutely chucked it, and it totally skipped across one of those three-ring binders, and I was like, oh, man, like... Like I was, but I launched a lot of items around in this house because I played on PC. So on PC, it's a little different from like the controller version because your mouse, if your your like speed on your uh, cursor is very quick, which I like to keep mine very quick. Moving but in the space, it doesn't slow to render or anything like that. It doesn't have any built in, so you can like absolutely launch things across this house. <laughs> Um, which is, is one of my favorite, um, favorite things about walking simulators is that they're like, they're funny in the sense that like, I, I remember seeing a tweet on on Twitter, which is, I guess the place you see tweets, but somebody's fridge door had come off and it was just like, they'd leaned it against the fridge. And so light was peeking around the edges, but it was very clearly leaning. And they had just tweeted like, how does this happen? Right. And I remember my first thought was, like, when you pick something up in a walking simulator and you can't put it back exactly where it goes. (laughs) This is the walking simulator thing. Like, if you could take the fridge door off, you just know you would never get it back on. (laughs) Right? This is the the hallmark of these kinds of games. And I I think that's very funny. um, Uh, Well, I was going to say my practice with uh, Octodad, the dadliest catch. uh, Yes made it so that i was far more confident playing this game (laughs) that's fair that's fair i one of my favorite things about walking simulators though is that emotionally you get put in the shoes of the character but physically in the way that you move through the space you are just absolutely logan logan it's time for our guest star the clock you know what that means who's that pokemon You'll no, find out it's after not, the credits. Is that Pokemon time? You'll find it's out after Cogworth. the credits. It's Cogworth. What? It's Cogsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Logan. What were you saying again? 
<laughs> I was just saying, I think it's it's funny that you get to emotionally move through the space in the exact way that the person there would, but because of the way technology and video games work, you have to move through the space completely physically inept to handle the <laughs> challenges around you. And I just love that about a, a walking simulator. I do want to talk a little bit about um, some of the game's otter elements um particularly when it comes to theming most of the theming of the game we've addressed and it's pretty straightforward but what did you guys think about um the actual legitimately spooky things about this space uh shall i say the prescription in the basement or um the ouija board or the secret uh pentagram cupboard (laughs) i'm just curious what you guys thought about the elements of this that were actually wait the what the what in the basement yeah, there's the a prescription. A, what are you... a prescription, if I'm remembering right. Um, man, now you guys are, have got me second guessing myself. Uh, talk about the other stuff, and I'm going to see if I can find the prescription. Um, okay. Well, I mean, this is what I thought the game was going to be because one of the first elements I found was like references to the ghost, and I was like, "Oh right, man, this is a because you missed the answering machine." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. Well, this is what a walking sim does. Um, as <laughs> far true. as far as the spookiness of it, I part of it was a little bit comical to me because one, I I really appreciated the secret passages in the throughout the building because they made it a lot easier to move around between places quickly so when I needed much to get when I needed to get back somewhere, get back to some place I had already been. But I I did find it kind of like. I know the I know the passages were supposed to be spooky, and they were at first, but it was kind of comical when I realized that one of those passages seems to lead seems to be a definitely secret passage, like not just a servant's passage, but like a definitely secret passage that leads from the master bedroom closet to the servants' quarters. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Which yes. told me something about uh which told me something about Uncle Oscar. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> anyway, and then um I the the lightning outside, I don't know I don't know how it was timed or anything, but the lightning outside was all would always strike at the just the right time for me to feel like unsettled and make the character turn around and face the doorway again, just to make sure nothing had crept up behind her. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to find this prescription. If not a prescription, it's like it's by the safe in the basement. There's like a piece of paper on the ground. And I think it says, if I'm not mistaken, something about either like, self-medicating with alcohol or laudanum but i might be totally off base with this um i know nothing about this i i must have missed that one um i i found some stuff about uh i found some stuff about like i i found the uh the account book not that not that i could open it or anything but i found the account book for the pharmacy that uh, oh yeah yeah that was yeah being yeah run that's by the that's what it house. is it was pharmacy adjacent the prescription yeah. was pharmacy adjacent mm, anyway sense. i i it's kind of if i remember right like the details of it are kind of weird and kind of creepy so that's why i alluded to it um i must watch that one yeah yeah it's it's pretty funny um 
But yeah, no. It's kind of weird. It's kind of creepy. But yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, it's funny in the <laughs> sense that like, like the same thing that um, Greg was saying, right? Like, um, it's With funny the in the sense that, like, well, it's funny in the sense that like all of this is creepy, not creepy, right? Like, <laughs> the ghost stuff is a thing that happens in this game, right? And it's just like this game isn't about ghosts, right? And so there's a degree to which, like, you kind of step back and you're like, okay, well, you know, it, it almost becomes a little silly, right? That's what I mean when I say, like, it's kind of creepy and it sets an ambiance and it's funny, right? Yeah. I don't know. I was just curious what you guys thought of that kind of stuff and, and how well it lands. I think it really adds to this game. It's one of my favorite things about it. I I I found that it made the, the story more engaging. Yeah. Um especially since the especially since a lot of the ghost stuff was tied in really closely with um with Sam's and Lonnie's relationship. Mm. Um that it was and then the when you find the, the secret pentagram room, you find out that what they were trying to do was release Uncle Oscar's spirit. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's like it's very good. It it was kind of it was kind of like sweet in a in in a way where you're like no please don't go messing with uh please don't go messing with uh, things from the beyond but still oh that's nice of you to try and get your uncle who seems to be trapped here into the hereafter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Um. Yeah. No, I I felt like it added a lot. Um, it made the made the story itself more engaging to me because I was finding it out in that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree. I I think it really adds in a way that I again, if you had sat me down and you had given me the pitch for this game and then told me to write flavor text, I just don't think I would have come up with that. <laughs> you know, um, it's just like really cool that like there's this sub narrative of like we've got a Ouija board, we're trying to contact the uncle, we're gonna let him out. It's going to be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, it's not the the micro narrative that I would have underpinned this with, at, but I'm really glad that they did. Yeah. Um, well, we've talked a lot about this game. I think it's probably about time to wrap it up, but I think it might take us a little longer to do that than I might think, because I want to ask whether or not you liked this game and try to get quick takes. Um, but I think we might have some discussion here. So open. Did you like this game? How do you feel about it? I did like this game. Um, I I thought it was really cool how it dealt with, uh, aside from all the other things that I've talked about, I thought it was really cool how it dealt with um, the question of whether choices, a person's choices or their circumstances define them. Hmm. Um, like the, take. the narrative really leans toward choices defining people. But it didn't ever downplay the consequences of a person's circumstances, which which was really which was really neat. Um, that you know all of the all of the consequences of people's actions still stayed intact, um, but it but it showed that uh, people are defined by their choices. Especially one moment that really captured that for me was Lonnie deciding to do something that she felt would make her happy even though it wasn't something that was familiar and fit in with her life circumstances. Are you talking about running away from the army? Yeah. 
she she basically talked about how the army was just like a part of her like it was in her blood like that was what she had grown up in and she had always known she would go into the army and then she chose to do something different i mean i i wouldn't have had a problem with it had she you know still gone into the still gone into the army mm-hmm. or something like that like I think they could have written a satisfying story along that, a satisfying a satisfying conclusion to the story along that lines. It just would have been much different. But um, but she chose to do something that was contrary to her life circumstances. Um, but there, but the game never gave the sense that there would be no consequences to people's actions. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool. So I, I really liked it. I liked, uh, I liked going through it. Like I said, it's the most immersive game I think I've ever played. Yeah. That's, if I can that's add my a little take. To, what, to what you said, Greg, um, I would say that this game is almost exclusively about people's choices having consequences, right? Which is, uh, really cool because I, I think the framework of this story is just, uh, choice after choice after choice after choice after choice after that people have made in reaction to feelings right and then it's about the consequences and the fallout of those choices especially the rash choices that were made in response to the feelings that people were experiencing which i think is really really cool all right nathaniel i didn't like it takes wound us i didn't like it (laughs) okay why not i I have to know. It, you're I'm just so you're so flabbergasted. Well, allow me to allow me to see if I can maybe clarify this. Um, there are a lot of things in life that I don't like that I put into another weird camp, though. Like, I, I, I look at the world in terms of kind of like a four coordinate grid, and on like one half of the grid, two of the squares say. I liked this, like on the right-hand side of the grid. And then on the left it says, I didn't. But then on the top and bottom, I've basically got, but do I think that this is worth somebody's time, yes or no? Like, do I think that this was worth the time I put into it? And do I think other people should put time into it? Um, And even though I didn't like this game, I do think it was worth the time I put into it, and I would encourage other people to play it, if that makes sense. Um, I did not enjoy I, the narrative, but I think it was a narrative worth experiencing. It was like, did you just like not vibe with it or was it just uncomfortable? It was like, just uncomfortable. It's, it's like, about the, conflict, right? Like it's not right, comfortable. Well, and it's about familial conflict. And like I expressed earlier, because of the feeling I got of like, now there's this huge mess that I have just unknowingly walked into it's either going to stay here or somebody's going to have to clean it up and I guess it's going to be me, but that task is literally impossible. Right. Um, I guess I see where you're coming from. I was hoping that after making me listen to Phoebe Bridgers, I would have gotten you into the, like, let's get high on emotional discomfort bandwagon, but I guess I didn't quite get you all the way there before bringing you into this, and that's fine. Um, dang. I was I was really hoping you would have have found some kind of Maybe, I guess, one way of looking at it is a sick enjoyment out of the difficulties um, regardless. And I do think that it has a, a positive ending, 
even though it's not a comfortable ending for the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I think there's he... positivity in the ending. I I was kind of caught up by it at the end, because I think the way that I was playing through the game, I was thinking of myself as this, I was thinking of myself as, okay, I'm Sam's sister, who's obviously really close to her, um, who's obviously really close to her, she wouldn't have left all this information for me, and now I'm kind of, like, rooting for her. Mm. So I got kind of, like, caught up in that little ending sequence where I finally get to get into the dark room and I start, like, learning the last few clues and then I find the note left just for me. Yeah. Totally. That, yeah. I got a little bit caught up in that. That's how I felt as well. But, um, but yeah, it's cool that, you know, we had different feelings about it. I'm trying to vibe with that. And it's okay. Um, <laughs> but whether you like this or not, we are grateful that you listened to peep this noise uh i really appreciate you sticking around this is a, a game that was one of the first games that got me into video games in a way that or at least in a critical sense um so i really have i really have really strong feelings about this next time we're gonna be talking about uh toradora which is an anime we gave you a heads up about it's on crunchyroll vrv and amazon prime video if you haven't watched it yet please go ahead and do that uh Go ahead and if you enjoy what you're hearing on Peep This Noise, go ahead and like and subscribe if your podcast platform of choice lets you do that. Um, tell any friends who might enjoy listening and reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Peep This Noise. You can contact us via email if anybody still uses that um, at mail at peepthisnoise.com email. Um, you can also leave us a message next to the milkshake or the Christmas duck, not the milkshake duck. That's a very different thing. Uh, you can find us, you can leave us a message next to the Christmas duck. We'll find that as well. A uh, special thanks to a different Katie, not the Katie we talked about at length in this episode, but Katie Davidson, uh, from the band Key Losers, who allowed us to use the theme song, Don't Know Why, from the album California Light. We use that to bumper the show. Uh, if you hear it and you like it, go check that album out. If you hear it and you don't like it, go check that album out. It's a great album. You'll find something to love if you just force yourself to listen to it. I promise. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for listening to Peep This Noise. And remember, everybody likes bad things. So open up your mind. Let the wind inside.